You know why we clap for Jesus? Because he's changed our lives. Maybe here today and you don't know that. Maybe you've, uh, someone's invited you or uh, uh, asked you to come or whatever. And if that's the case, we want to just say, be at home. Welcome. And uh, we know coming into a church, it can uh, be strange if you haven't been to church before. And sometimes people have a picture of uh, a church, what church is like. But we want this to be a place that you can come and relax and enjoy the service and enjoy the people. And, you know, if God uh, uh, would touch your heart, that maybe, maybe him, uh, you would find him today. And, and oh, come on, somebody, there's a panic. I need some feedback now. And, and we, we really do uh, pray that. I love that. Don't underestimate the power of an invite. You never know. I, I, I was talking to one of our leaders in the staff meeting this week, and uh, they shared a story that from our launch last week, they were uh, uh, left here and they pulled into a service station and they felt the Lord say to, to them, hey, uh, uh, you've got to tell somebody about Jesus today. You've got to tell somebody in this service station. You've got to tell them just what's happened, what's gone down at Connect Church. And that's like, oh, kind of awkward. Don't you love those sort of, um, no idea. It's like, I don't know about you, but I freak out. You know, it's just like scary you know, when God say, uh, says that type of stuff. But anyway, well, it's, it's the old, well, Lord, you know, if you give me an opportunity, I'll do that. And so anyway, they, they, they walked into the counter and the, uh, paid for the fuel and the person behind the counter said, so how was your morning this morning? What have you been up to? And, and the person said, amen, hallelujah, glory to Jesus. And so, so uh, she said, well, actually, I've just been to our church launch. We've just launched, launched our church today. It's connected. And of course, he started going white. And you might be thinking, well, he's thinking, oh, no, I've got the religious weirdo. But no, this guy started getting, getting quiet. And then he leaned across the counter and said, wow. He said, you know what? I'm a Christian. I moved here from the UK a year ago, and I have never been to church. And so right there in that moment, that person, which was Helen Dennis, said, amen, Helen, you need to connect to Connect Church. Amen. Come on, give God some glory. Amen. We, we, we want to connect people to God. We want to connect. Come on, you can do better than that. That kind of sucks. We want to connect people to faith. Again, I heard a story last week. Someone came in here for the first time. They were here because they, God, they were lying in bed and someone has been praying for them for a long time. They were lying in bed and God said, you've got to get up and go to church today. And they ended up here and giving their life to Christ uh, last week. I don't know about you, but heaven rejoices at that type of stuff. So I think, I think we should. Never underestimate the power of the invite. Three o'clock in the morning, I got a fire call a couple of years ago. Fire call, flooding, domestic flooding. I hate domestic flooding. It's sort of like your toilet's overflowing or, or something. We've got to go in and, and suck it up. So we got in the fire engine, zoomed over. No, we didn't because it was three o'clock in the morning. It was quiet and we zoomed. And we, anyway, we parked. I go into this, this house and we start cleaning up. And as I go into the house, I recognize the person there. I recognize the person for someone who used to come to this church like 25 years ago. And I'm looking at it, and I, 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 once we finished the, the work, I took my helmet off because, you know, I look awesome in my uniform. Yeah, <laughs> well, I think I do anyway. It's just, a, you know, it's just an imaginary picture. I'm on the calendar, you know. Um, but <laughs> Oh, I don't know. It's not even, hang on. Hang on. Okay, anyway, I'll just keep to the story. I took my, uh, uh, you know, it's been a long morning. Come on, I've only got, this is my second service. So I've, I, took my, I took my helmet off and I said, hi, remember me? And she's like, no. Okay, I'm obviously not that memorable. But I was like, hey, and then I said, hey, it's Pastor Adam from the Meadows Church. She's like, oh. It is. You look amazing. No, she's like, uh, Pastor, Adam, Pastor Adam, and I just a little talking. I said to her, "You need to get back to church. You need to get back to church." 
And the next day, I think the girls, they put a package together and chucked 200 bucks in there. And we sent it around and said, heard you had a rough night last night. God bless you. And that Sunday, she came to church. And she's been coming to church ever since. And I think that's pretty cool. Never underestimate the power to be able to invite people. And who is God going to speak to you about this week? Who is God? Because we, we've created multiple services so we can fill this place over and over again. Now, I've got to pause for a moment and congratulate our technology teams because this is all new. They've been <laughs> you won't believe the stuff they've been working through this morning to make this service look seamless. You would have seen different things pop up from time to time and words on three and two and uh, you've got light. People have never used it before. They're sort of freaking out because last week we had all the technos here and this, now they're just doing it by themselves and then my goodness, they're praying. They're on their knees weeping before like, help me Jesus, help me Jesus. With this technology, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. So can we put a hands together for all the volunteers, all the people who make it happen every single week. It's flipping incredible. I finished my last sermon last uh, time I was uh, speaking, and, and don't miss Michael Murphy. Don't miss Michael Murphy. That's going to be awesome. We're going to tour the country. And, and actually, I, I think Michael Murphy, Steve Penny, and Joel Cave are all in the church. And uh, Michael Murphy's actually speaking at Glow. We've had Pastor Joel here. He's speaking at Glow Church this morning uh, uh, over in Australia, and he gets to be with us next to Pastor Michael Murphy was one of the founding pastors in Hillsong Church. So a wealth of experience, and, and, and I know you'll be blessed. We've had him here before but I know uh, just you, you'll be encouraged by his, just catching the bigness uh, on the inside of him. But the last time I spoke, I finished off my uh, sermon by saying that there was somebody who asked Jesus, uh, a teacher of the law who asked Jesus, what's the most important thing? What's the most important thing? And Jesus replied to that person and said, the most important thing is this, to love the Lord your God with all, everybody say all, all in the Greek and Hebrew means all, all, nothing held back. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Now, this was not a new statement. Jesus didn't invent this. This is called the Shema. Every Jewish boy wakes up every morning and, and he will say, if he's devout, he will say the Shema, which is that hero Israel, the Lord thy God is one Lord and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the most important thing. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Over the holidays, I was uh, speaking uh, around the topic of um, uh, David's anointing. If you, we've been looking at the life of David, and uh, you can call this, if you like, part five of that, but if you remember the story, oh, no, I wanted to say something else, so I've just seen it uh, uh, there. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. It's important. How many know your heart is important? Yeah. About three of you, okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll try that again. How many know your heart is, is important? Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Which I, I think is kind of uh, cool. By watching our heart, by looking after our heart, we, it enables us to see God. But it also means the opposite is true. That if somehow the, the lens of our heart gets muddied or messed up, it, it can, what, what can that mean? It can, it can affect our vision. It can affect the, the ability that we have to see God or to be in relationship when our heart gets messed up. 
And so we've been talking about the life of David and the anointing when, uh, of David. And uh, that, that's, that's, uh, we've been going through that part. This is sort of part five. But if you remember the story in 1 Samuel 16, verse 6, when Samuel the prophet went to David's house. If you remember that part of the uh, story, and of course the different brothers come out, and uh, uh, God's like, no, not that one, not this one, It'll, uh, you know, and eventually David gets picked. But if you remember uh, verse 6, and let me just read it out, this is how it went down. It says, when they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab, and we've talked about Eliab dealing with disappointment. And Samuel saw Eliab and thought, surely, not surely, it wasn't his wife, it was surely the Lord... It's anointed stands before the Lord. I always think that's funny. Even the prophets don't always get everything right. Surely the Lord's anointed is standing here. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider, listen, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. And then it says this, the Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. What does the Lord look at? The Lord does not look at the outward appearance. The Lord looks at the heart. He's not looking at our outward appearance, yet we live in a world today that is absolutely fascinated by outward appearance. We live in a selfie-centered world world where, where uh, uh, um, our appearance is very, very important. I, I think about things like Facebook, you know, people will, will take their photos and, and, and make sure they've got the right background behind them and make sure they've got that. I mean, we will do it in church too. I mean, let's be honest, I'm not going to take a photo of the empty seats. Why would I do that? That's kind of dumb. Hey! No, no, I'll take the photo of the full. Yeah, it looks full block. Yeah, make it look good because appearance is uh, something that, 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 that is important. I'm not saying it isn't. But sometimes we, can, we, we live in a self-centered world where it's, it's, it's uh, you know, it's about fashion, it's about star, e-entertainment news, and just, what's Kim wearing this week? Kim is wearing, uh, so you go, who's Kim? Uh, I mean, other people know, I know exactly who Kim is. <laughs> and, 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 and <laughs> so, so we, but we live in this world which is fascinated by fashion and style and swag and all that type of thing and how cool we can uh, we can look I don't know about you but we've actually had fights in our home we've had fights in our home over Facebook photos so someone will take a photo the girls are sitting there it's crazy and then they'll say oh I'm gonna put the you know so Grace will take a photo of Gia and go I'm gonna put that on Facebook and Gia will go don't you put this on Facebook don't put that on Facebook. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Anybody else had that type of thing going on in their house? I mean, it says, oh, that is not, I don't look good. I look, I look big. I look small. I look tall. I look short. I look uh, whatever it is. Is Gia here? <laughs> but, 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 you know, there's that, that whole thing of, 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 of appearance and, and start on wanting to be seen. And, and, and don't get me wrong here. I'm not saying... But, uh, uh, you know, our appearance is like nothing. And, and neither is the Bible. The Bible's not saying that. It's not like, oh, I'll just come over, you know, whatever. No, no, the Bible doesn't say that either. The Bible understands appearance is important, but it's, it's got to be held in balance. And how do I know? Because, because again, you know, your appearance, how many got daughters in their household? 
you know that my daughters can spend longer preparing for an event than the length of the event, how long it lasts. You know, that makeup, cake up and, and just, yeah. Oh. And then they'll come out and they ask me advice as if I know, how do I look? I was like, I don't know, you're fine. Anybody else got this problem? And it's a thing when half the youth group girls are all there in the bathroom. Oh, Reuben's just like, done, finish. I'm glad to be a man. Anyone else glad to be a man here? <laughs> Mind you, these days, hey, uh, okay, never mind. It's another subject. Not, so I'm not saying appearance is not important, and I want to make it clear, neither is the, neither is the Bible. I mean, because remember, just a few verses down, it says when David, uh, David turned up, when David turned up, it says he was fine in appearance. Well, so what does that mean? He, he was fine in appearance. He was fine. Ooh, oh, the single ladies. Oh, the single ladies. No. Oh. When he turned up, man, he was handsome. Six pack. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't take my medication, it's all right. But he was, the Bible says he was fine. He was handsome. Even about Queen Esther, Queen Esther, if you know that story, it says she was lovely in form and features. In Esther chapter 2, verse 7. Now, if you think, what does that mean? Well, it said she had a nice figure. You say, oh, pastor, how do you know that? Because it says it in the NIV, it says, this is how it exactly says it. Esther had a lovely figure and was beautiful. Another version says she had a beautiful figure and was very attractive. Another version says she had a, okay, I'm obsessed with this. So a beautiful figure and was extremely good looking. So there's nothing wrong with looking good or working on appearance. You know, if the barn needs painting, you've got to keep working on it. Amen, amen. What? <laughs> but you see, I think the scriptures challenge to us is to us with all the time and energy and hours that we spend on the outside making ourselves look good, making ourselves look perfect, we cannot neglect the importance of working on the inside. Yes, oh, amen. What's working on the inside of our heart? Because we can spend hours working on an outward appearance, yet our heart could be a mess. And so the challenge of is, is to bring balance here and, and understand that, that God, He understands appearance. Appearance is important and, and it's an important part of who we are and not to be neglected, but there needs to be balance in our life when we understand God doesn't always look at the outside appearance. He looks at the heart. So how's your heart? How's your heart doing? What's going on in the inside? Because our heart is very, very important. Maintaining our heart is very, very important. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, it says this. It says, above all else. Now, I don't know what you think is important. I don't know what you think needs to be at, at the top of your list. I don't know what you're thinking um, that you really need to sort out and look after. But the Bible actually says, above all else, above every other thing that you think is important, above every other thing or circumstance that you're facing, above all else, 
God, you're hot. God, you're hot. Because listen, here's what it says. For everything, everybody say everything. Nothing's excluded. Everything you do flows from it. It's the source of everything. Everything you do flows from it. In the New Living Translation, it says, guard your heart above all else. Listen, for it determines, and this is important, this is a big one, for it determines the course of your life. I always say that scripture, I say it many times, trust in the Lord with all of your heart, lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge Him in all of your ways and He will make your path straight. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And then I say this, whatever you acknowledge will direct your path. Friend, if you don't acknowledge the work that needs to go on your heart, it will direct your path. If you don't look after your heart, it will direct the course of your life. I've been a pastor a long time. I've met with lots of people whose lives are sometimes taking them in a direction that they wouldn't wanna go. And all of it, you can trace back to stuff that's happened in the heart. can determine the course of your life. To the person next to you, say, we gotta look after our heart, come on. In the King James Bible, it says, keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. Anybody got any issues? Thank you, Stacey. <laughs> Stacey's the honor. The rest of you got lying issues. Anybody got any issues? Come on. Come on. You've got issues. I mean, I, I know. We've been hanging around. I got issues. You got issues. We all got issues. But out of our heart flow, the issues of life. As a pastor, I've met with people for, for a long time, and, and many people have issues and stuff that they're trying to work, to, and you can trace it always back to the heart, and that's why we've got to be diligent. That's why we've got to guard our heart. I was up in Auckland a couple of weeks ago with Anita. We went up. We actually took the train up the uh, north. I think it's called the Northern or whatever. It's pretty cool. We actually had to go up for a friend's uh, funeral who we knew in India who was pastoring in Auckland, but just he had passed away, and so we just decided to take it easy and take the train. And it was just a great do it if you can. It's a great trip. But anyway, we arrived in Auckland, and I made Anita walk the whole entire <laughs> distance of Queen Street. She was nearly uh, dead at the other end. She's like, "Thank you very much," and um, so the least I can do look at it, it's beautiful uh, and 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 so we get into our hotel and the next day it was Auckland anniversary weekend so uh, Anita you know she was resting and praying as she does and until uh, 11 o'clock and I thought well I'm gonna go down and I'm gonna go early in the morning because I'm an early early riser I'm gonna go down I'm gonna head down to the harbour and see what's happening yo 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 on the Queen Street yeah and and, and break some moves so I, I went down to Queen Street all the people are there and I, I come in and they're celebrating they got all these ships and different things and I see this Navy ship off to the side so I thought oh I'll go and have a look at that they're doing tours so it was nice and early I remember trying to do it in Wellington the queues were massive but it was so early I could get on so I sort of went on by myself and I'm like hello and they're like hi me hearties no they didn't say that so I, I climbed I, I went up and I'm going around the ship and, and looking at the bridge and looking at the things and then I, I go down these stairs as you just follow the path that they've directed and I turn the corner and there was the sailor lady Oy. she says would you like to come and look in here I was like okay <laughs> I better get Captain Jack and so anyway she took me into this room don't worry nothing dodgy she took me into this room 
And it was sort of an empty room. You could see it was towards the hull of the ship. And she said, this is one of the most important rooms on the ship. And she said, this is where, when there's an emergency, if the hull is breached, this is where we would, you know, this is where we would gather people and start the work of, of, of plugging the holes that's, that, that is there. And so she showed me all the different tools and equipment and stuff that they had. And this is all the stuff that we put together. This is a extremely important part. This is where everyone will rally. Everyone will come to this point to do, begin that work. Because how many know if you get a leak on a ship, you're in trouble, amen? You get, you, you, so they're like, we must come here. And here we will work really, really hard to keep the water out. Because how many know if the water gets in, you're in trouble. I, I know that from uh, uh, a couple of years ago, I was out with uh, James Coots, uh, who you, I don't know if he's here or he's coming to the next service, but, but uh, James, our local counselor, he said, oh, mate, you want to come fishing? I was like, oh, yeah, man, I haven't been fishing for long, a long time, actually, I haven't been fishing for ever, like ever. So uh, he's just like, come out. And so we got out in this boat and we couldn't get the engine sort of started. And uh, he's like, oh, I'm having problems with the, with the engine. And anyway, we'll try it anyway and we'll give it a go. And I'm like, okay. And so he took, borrowed somebody's tractor and trailer, took out the boat. And we started backing it out. <laughs> And we couldn't get the boat going and it's just puffing and spuffing. We get out a little bit and then after about an hour, James goes, oh, mate, it's not going to work. I mean, we were hardly just, you know, 10 feet off the shore. I was like, uh, not catching nothing. Uh, but, uh, but it was just, oh, no, nah, let's, let's pull it back in. And so he did that. We, we came back in and he got the trailer and backed it up. He's like, just hold on to the boat. So I'm holding on to the boat. Holding on to the boat, and he's like, he brings that little cable thing out. I don't know what it's called, and he connects the boat to it to wind it on the thing. But of course, the, whoever owns this trailer has not maintained it. Okay, not maintained it. So J- James starts to wind it back, and then the cable snaps. And so then the boat sink goes back off to the off to the side, and I'm like, oh no! And he's, James's like, hold it, hold it, hold it. Yeah, okay, hold it. I'm holding this fishing trip's turned into so much fun. <laughs> Such fun. I mean, so, sorry, James, if you're here, I'll come out with you again, don't worry. So, so, but anyway, we're holding it. And of course, I've got my new iPhone. I brought my new iPhone 4 at that stage to have a look and take some cool photos of dolphins and fish and stuff and, and all the fish we didn't catch. But the, the, and so I'm holding, I'm holding the boat. And as we do it, because we can't get it back on because it's so heavy, the waves are starting to come in over the back. and the, Waves are starting to fill the boat, and my iPhone's right up on the shelf, but my iPhone's gone, man. It's just like it's covered in water. It's now an aquaphone, and it's just the whole thing. And now the boat's so heavy because all the water's got on the inside, and it's just flashing and smashing and smashing. Here's my point. Thank goodness. I'm sorry, James. My point is this. You know a boat of any size can handle any ocean? No matter what wave crashes upon it, no matter what thing smashes it, no matter what thing hits it, no matter what storm or cyclone comes against it, a boat, no matter how big our, 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 our native people, the Maori, sailed in canoes from the other side of the world across huge oceans. Any boat, big or small, navy boat, small dinghy, whatever it is, it can survive any ocean, it can survive any storm, it can survive any wave crashing as long as the water doesn't get on the inside. As long as the water doesn't get on the inside. It will handle any wave, it will handle any difficulty, it will handle any storm, it will handle anything that is thrown at as long 
as the water doesn't get on the inside. You see, I could talk to you about certain situations in your life that you will face. I mean, Aaron did. He said, you know, that there'll be times when you face difficulties. I, I could talk about those difficulties specifically and maybe mention this and mention that. But, uh, you know, life will bring us things that, 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 that are difficult. But here's the thing. As long as your heart is all right, if your heart is like a boat, as long as you don't allow that stuff to get on the inside, whatever life throws at you, whatever waves crash upon you, whatever stuff comes against you, whatever that is, you'll be able to survive. You'll be able to handle any ocean that life throws at you. You'll be able to, come on, I'm preaching good. You'll be able to handle any storm that comes against you as long as you can keep the stuff that's out there on the outside. Sometimes the truth is we spring leaks. Sometimes the truth is we get cracks. Sometimes water gets in, but we need to call an emergency and guard your heart. And be prepared to plug that up. How's your heart? Has stuff seeped into your heart? Is there a leak? Is there stuff? Has a bit of the world uh, leaked in? Have you called for an emergency? Have you said, let's get to the room and let's plug up what needs to be, be plugged up? Your heart is extremely, extremely important. That's why the Bible says, guard your heart. You see, when we, we protect our heart, if we keep it safe, it really doesn't matter what is on the outside. It really doesn't matter what is happening to us on the outside. And can I say this? Too many people live their life from the outside in. Allowing whatever circumstances, allowing whatever life throws at them, allowing whatever stuff is happening to them, they live their life from the outside in. Where we're to be ones, God calls us to be ones who would live from the inside out. Jesus said this in Luke chapter 6. Verse 45, Jesus said, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. What's your heart full of? What's your heart full of? You know, some people might get on your nerves sometimes and you know they're talking rubbish and we, we can sometimes tell I know it wouldn't be you it'd be the people in the next service but but we can turn around and say say to them you know you're full of it you're full of it man what are you full of well, I know when we come to church and stuff we're you know, we're, we're, we're on our best behavior. Hallelujah, our parents. And Lord, hallelujah, God, we know how to, we, we can do life in, in church. We're all praise the Lord. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. And, and how you doing, brother? Oh, mighty fine, mighty fine, mighty fine, mighty fine. But what's really 
going on. Jesus said, out of the overflow of our heart, out of the overflow of our heart, our mouth speaks. What overflows out of your heart? What have you allowed in? Because what you've allowed in will come out. What overflows out of you? I mean, here we're, we're, we're careful and things, but when that person cuts you off in traffic, amen, hallelujah. I was quite pleased yesterday. I was driving with Reuben and uh, we, we were driving down Capity Road and Reuben indicated to turn left. Uh, was, this is my fault, not his fault. He indicated to turn left. I said, go straight ahead. And there was another car who had just seen them and they pulled out right in front of us. We're like... <laughs> And it's funny, no one knew whose fault it was, so I faked it and we just looked at them. But I just want to say, we handled that very, very well. What are you full of? It's in your heart. If you get squeezed, what comes out? You get squeezed, what, what, what comes out? You get lemon juice out of a lemon? What comes out when you're squeezed? What are you full of? What's in your heart? I mean, I've been in ministry for a long time and I know people have much stuff going on in their heart. Out of the overflow of your heart, the mouth speaks. So what fills your heart can make a big difference. The Bible says this in Proverbs 17, verse 22. It says, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dryeth, dryeth the bone. Friends, I wanna say this. If you think happiness, if you think joy, if you think all of those things are gonna come uh, uh, by what's happening around you, what, uh, what's happening outside you, I, I wanna tell you, you you're, you're mistaken. You've gotta understand that this is an inside job, not an outside job. This is an inside job. It's about us maintaining our heart. It's about us guarding our heart. It's about us putting the right stuff. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. A broken spirit, a, a broken heart, it'll drive your bones. I want us to be a people, if we're to witness to people and to, and to see people's lives touched, we've got to maintain our heart. We've got to live out of the overflow of our heart. I don't know about you because in my time, I've met some angry Christians. I've met some bitter Christians. I've met some... And that's not just a Christian problem, it's a human problem. Because we haven't maintained our heart with all diligence. We need to look after our heart. So how's your heart? What's it full of? You know, Proverbs 14 verse 13 says, even in laughter, the heart may ache. What does that mean? It's just like even, even though we can show in our appearance, our heart might ache. When we did the restorations of the, the building here and they started ripping the ceiling out and 
You know, I started having sleepless nights because you don't know what it looks like. It, it looks like a mess. And then eventually they shifted all the wires and there was stuff all over the floor and it looked crazy. Then eventually they tidied it all up and covered it all up and it all looks amazing. But sometimes we're like that. We can look amazing, but our heart aches. There's pain in there. We, we, we smile when we know we're meant to smile. We know we do what we do, but there's an ache in our heart. Even in laughter, our heart aches. How's your heart? The good news is this. The Bible says, in Ezekiel 36, verse 26, that I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Did not even King David cry out, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me? Maybe you're here today and you need a new heart. Maybe you're here today and you just, you, you, you go, man, I've allowed stuff to seep into my life. I've allowed stuff to get in on the inside. And maybe I've just put up an appearance and we, listen, we all have insecurities. We all have insecurities. I mean, I, I you know, as a, you might think, oh man, pastor, you've, you know, you're, you're confident or whatever. Man, I get nervous all the time. I freak out, especially when I have to go and meet speakers and different stuff like that. I mean, my heart rate, I say dumb things. I say, ever said a dumb thing in front of a people and go, why did I say that? I mean, I, 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 I do dumb things. I, I remember being at Hillsong. Here's a, I, I was at Hillsong Conference in Australia and I remember going into a toilet there and there was another pastor who's like, you know, a big shot pastor in New Zealand. I won't tell you who it is. And I was like, oh, hey, mate, and we shook hands or whatever. First time I've sort of met him, I met him in the Hillsong. And then I kept bumping into him at different conferences and stuff. And people say, oh, yeah, yeah, have you met? Yeah, and I say, yeah, we met in the toilet at Hillsong. (laughs) And then after I did it about the third time at the third conference, the guy says, you always keep bringing that up. Like, but it was because I didn't know what else to say. I'm I'm just, you know, I'm insecure. But we all have insecure. I'm just being open and honest there. Today with you, we all have insecurities. We all have things that don't. But but and sometimes it's just a, a matter of just saying, God, I need a new heart. I need a new heart. Maybe you're in need of a.